Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with a time for Israel's favor as we pick up in Psalm chapter 102, verse 13. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. So the Lord has promised, or say the Lord God, not Jehovah God there. So God has promised that in the day in which he is sanctified before in them, in the eyes of the heathen or the nations of the world, that in that day he is going to remove the blindness. I will no longer be hid. Now Paul tells us that blindness has happened to Israel during this period of the Gentiles. Blindness has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. But this national blindness that is taken, that God has placed upon Israel will be removed. He'll no longer be hid from them. He'll pour out his spirit upon them, which means that God will then have taken his church out of the earth's scene. So we're talking about God's set time for the nation of Israel, the time to favor her. For the psalm said, Thy servants take pleasure in her stones and favor the dust thereof. We received a letter from our guide in Israel who was planning to come over and visit us. And he said, Dear Chuck and Kay, I write to you and trust that everything is well with you and all. He said, I want you to know that I won't be coming over this summer because the Lord has given to us the blessed privilege of buying property in this beautiful holy city, the city that God has set his eye upon, the city that is blessed of the Lord. And we're going to build a home in this beautiful city of God. And oh, he goes on, you know, raving about the dust and the stones of the city of Jerusalem. He's so excited that he's going to have a house of his own right in Jerusalem. Surely the people do favor the stones and even the dust thereof. For thy servants take pleasure in the stones. So the heathen shall reverence the name of the Lord, or the Jehovah, and all the kings of the earth thy glory. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. Now, God is going to work for another seven-year cycle with the nation Israel. It will be God's primary work upon the earth during this final seven-year cycle. It will be a time in the Scripture that is known as the time of Jacob's trouble, Jacob travailing. It will be a time of religious confusion, For at the beginning, the Antichrist will make a covenant with the nation Israel. Many of their leaders will declare that he is the Messiah, and he will be acclaimed generally as their Messiah. However, there will be a couple of witnesses of God that will be telling them the truth and warning them against him. There will be those that are sealed of God, and they also will be bearing witness against him. But the religious leaders will be acclaiming him. 
the religious leaders who crucified our Lord and are still holding the people in blindness will be deceived and will be acclaiming this man as the Messiah. But after three and a half years, when the temple is rebuilt and they are again worshiping, when he comes and stands in the temple in the Holy of Holies and declares that he is God and demands to be worshiped as God, then they will all realize their error. They will flee to the wilderness, a place that God has prepared for them. During the final 1,290-day period, which 1,290 days will be a time of great trouble, the great tribulation, a time of God's wrath, a time of greater bloodshed and horror than the world has ever seen at any time in its history. People are saying good days are ahead, you know. We've got a new administration, don't believe it. The worst is yet to come. Evil days, the scripture said, are going to wax worse and worse. I would like to think that a change of administration is going to change the whole complexion of our society. But I cannot believe that from a scriptural standpoint. Like the nation Israel, there may be moments of sort of a national revival and a turning to God and a forestalling. But we are generally going downhill so rapidly that there is nothing that can stop our decline short of a miracle of God, which I do not anticipate because I believe that we're out at the end of the line. And I think that we are plunging into that abyss of which God spoke as far as world history is concerned. But immediately after the tribulation of those days shall they see the sign of the Son of Man coming with clouds and great glory, even as we read, when the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. He appeared the first time in shame and humiliation to take upon himself the sins of mankind and to die an ignominious death upon the cross, to be despised and rejected, smitten, pierced, scourged, bruised, crucified. But he's coming again in power and in glory to reign over the earth in righteousness, in peace, from henceforth even forever. And so God has set the time. And when the Lord shall build up Zion, we know that it is the time is coming for him to appear in his glory. The nation Israel has been restored. God kept his promise. He gathered the people that were scattered throughout all the world. And he placed them again in the land. And they have their government. They have 
the possession of Jerusalem. And now we're just waiting for the final sequence of events. At this moment, we're waiting for Russia to attack the Middle East and Israel, which is going to be the key event triggering the final sequence of events that will lead the church out of this mess. God will regard, he said, the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. For this shall be written for the generation to come. In other words, the psalmist says, I'm not writing this for you people. I'm writing this for a generation that's going to come. Our generation. The generation that sees the Lord building up Zion. It is just like when Daniel was writing of the same events. This final seven-year period when God was working again in Israel, having removed the blindness and now working again. Daniel said, how long, O Lord, until the end of these things? And the Lord said, seal up all of these things in a book, Daniel. And in the last days, knowledge will be increased. In other words, Daniel, you don't understand it. Daniel was crying for understanding. The Lord said, you don't, you're not going to understand it, Daniel. Just seal it up in a book. But in the last days, knowledge will be increased. And God will give the understanding of these things. And as we read the book of Daniel now, we see how that God has opened up the book of Daniel. And how clear it is now as we have the advantage of history. We can see now. And understand now the things of which Daniel was writing, things that he didn't understand himself. And so this is written for the generation to come. It's for their benefit, for our benefit. We are that generation. And the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. So that's declared of us, and thus we need to keep the <laughs> word of God by praising the Lord. For he hath looked down from the height of his sanctuary from heaven did the Lord behold the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to loose those that are appointed to death, to declare the name of Jehovah in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. When the people are gathered together in the kingdoms to serve the Lord, he weakened my strength in the way, he shortened my days. I said, oh my God, Take me not away in the midst of my days. Thy years are throughout all generations. Of old hast thou laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of thy hands. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. Yea, all of them shall wax old like a garment. As a vesture shalt thou change them, and they shall be changed. Now this is interesting. As he speaks of the earth and the heavens... God laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of his hands. And they are going to perish, the psalmist said. Jesus said, heaven and earth shall pass away. My word, he said, shall never pass away. Peter describes how they're going to pass away as the elements are dissolved and melt with a fervent heat. And there comes forth the new heaven and the new earth. There will be change, the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. So they shall perish. It is interesting that the psalmist here actually recognizes the 
first and second law of thermodynamics, which the evolutionists try to almost deny in propounding a theory that requires just the opposite effect of the laws of entropy as we know them to exist. The psalmist recognizes that the earth is growing old. They shall wax old like a garment. As Sir Herschel Jean said, the universe is like a giant clock that was wound up and is slowly running down. Again, describing the effects of the first and second laws of thermodynamics. The slow winding down, waxing old like a garment. As a vesture, as a coat, you're going to change them. Like a man changes his coat, God is going to change the earth and the heavens. And they shall be changed. But in contrast to the universe, which is waxing old, which is winding down, in contrast to that, but thou art the same, and thy years have no end. The children of thy servants shall continue in their seed, shall be established before thee. And so, though the earth is waxing old, the universe is growing old, yet God never changes. Though the earth or the universe will be changed like a garment, the Lord is the same. We remember in Hebrews, and no doubt a reference to this, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. Thou art the same. God said, Behold, I am the Lord God. I change not. The immutability of God. Psalm 103, a favorite psalm of Thanksgiving time. I trust that it wasn't so long ago that you've already forgotten how thankful you were. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Now this is a command of David, or a command of, the, of David the psalmist to himself. David often was talking to his inward man, talking to his soul. And here he is commanding himself, commanding his soul to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. In the... One psalm, David, in talking to his soul, said, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you so disquieted within me? He didn't understand his own feelings. Have you ever been at the place where you didn't understand your own feelings? Why am I feeling this way? Why do I feel upset? Why do I feel discouraged? Why do I feel despondent? Why do I feel blue? What's wrong, soul? Why are you cast down? What's your problem? You think God is dead or something? Now it's in, in another vein. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. So quickly we forget the benefits of serving the Lord. David then begins to list those benefits. 
we're not to forget them, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, that is, he saves you from hell, who crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. You see, it isn't just a negative thing. The Christian life is far from a negative experience, and too many people are only emphasizing the negative aspects, looking at the negative aspects, when in reality there are far more positive aspects to it than the negative aspects. I really don't take the negative aspects into much account myself. I'm so excited with all of the positive aspects of serving the Lord that the negative doesn't really come into mind much. For he crowns thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. He made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Now you've heard people say, well, there's the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament. The God of the Old Testament is vengeful and wrathful and murderous and so forth. And the God of the New Testament is love. Mercy and grace. Wait a minute. This is Old Testament. And he declares Jehovah is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. And you better perhaps read the 14th chapter of the book of Revelation when the cup of the indignation of the wrath of God is overflowing and he pours out his judgment upon this Christ-rejecting earth. And you'll find that the same God is revealed both in the Old and the New Testament, who is a God of love, a God of mercy, a God of patience, but also a righteous, holy God who is absolutely just. He will not always chide, nor will he be angry forever. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. How true that is. God has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. God has been merciful to us, for as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that reverence him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Interesting that he said as far as the east is from the west rather than as far as the north is from the south. Because the north is only about 12,500 miles from the south. You can only go north until you get to the North Pole, then you're going south. And as soon as you get to the South Pole, you're going north again. A distance of about 20 or 12,500 12, miles. That is, unless you're going straight through. 
But you can start off tonight flying east, and you'll fly east the rest of your life if you don't change directions. Or you can start flying due west, and you'll be flying west the rest of your life. So I'm glad he said as far as the east is from the west rather than as far as the north is from the south because I want my sins further away <laughs> than the north from the south. I like the east and the west bit. I like God just removing completely my sins, my guilt from me because of his mercy. As high as the heavens is above the earth. Now there is some scientific discussion as just how high that might be. And every once in a while, the scientists come along and say, oh, we've just discovered a new quasar or galaxy that is, you know, beyond anything we've ever known before. It's out there 8 billion light years away, 10 billion light years. All right, keep searching, men. You're only expanding the mercy of my God. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so high is his mercy over those that reverence him. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study, the book of Psalms, on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalms 102 through 103 when visiting thewordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's thewordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you and bless you and keep you in His love and grace. May the Lord watch over you, and may you be filled with His Spirit and walk in the strength and in the power of the Spirit of God as He anoints you day by day. May you be enabled by Him, and may you enter into that fullness that He has for you, walking with the Lord, loving the Lord, listening to the Lord. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. The Word for Today is pleased to present a flash drive of audio Bible studies by Kay Smith titled, A Collection of Cherished Messages. Just listen to what others are saying. Kay Smith changed my life. Her teachings encouraged me to want more of Jesus. And through her counsel and mentoring, I fell in love with Him in a deeper way. When I first heard Kay, I was driving in my car. I was so moved that it brought me to tears because I needed to repent. That moment impacted my life to be a better mom and who
who I am today. Renew your strength, please. I beg, I beseech, I entreat, and if there's any other word, I do that too. Get in His Word. Make it more than your necessary food every day. Kay Smith has a special place in her heart to teach and encourage women to live for Jesus. To order this flash drive with over 90 audio messages by Kay Smith, visit thewordfortoday.org or call 800-272-9673.